I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. One of the cellists kindly told me that uh, um, when you do three in a bar, you should go down and then write. Um, <laughs> quite nice to go to Exeter St David's uh, it's nice there yeah not yeah. far from home for me as well Exeter mm. Exeter oh Exeter oh, I, yeah I like it Exeter nice what's the other Exeter station St David's is the one I know I think is there two. another yeah Exeter Central Exeter Central maybe I don't know I think you'll get confused with the Tube Maps game oh the Tube Maps game <laughs> blimey I've, uh, I did pretty well. I did about 80%. That's very, very good. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. I had a few helping uh, clues from you. <laughs> yeah, but I'd already had help from Pete Hutchinson and James Turner, who, who knew niche, niche lines. Yeah. If you don't know what we're talking about, it's the Metro Memory Game. Is that what it's called? I think so. The London edition. I believe there was the Paris one first. Oh, was there? Maybe the New York one as well. I, I mean, if it's the is Paris this? one, I, I'd get about four. I think I'd get about two. Garda North, Garda Lest, Garda Sud, um, Luxembourg. Oh, yeah. yeah. I think you do better than you think. Um, what's the one? Ile de la Cite, is that one? Oh, I don't probably. It sounds good. Where is. Uh, Notre Dame, not I think Notre, Notre Dame. Dame. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, Pantheon. Oh, maybe that's not one. Anyway, it sounds great. I might. <clears throat> is it sad that? Yeah, it is that. Um, I got excited when you said there were more than London to do. I'm quite excited by that. Give it a go. Yeah, I might do. Um, but uh, I'm now at the stage of that game. I'm now just filling it in. Are you cheating? Well, no, I, I've I've done as much as I could, and now any more would be. I don't want to be asking around too many people for swap seats. It's not no, like no, no. collecting football stickers. No, exactly. <laughs> um, once you've done, oh, I've got all the all the rice slips, all the Hounslows, all, yeah. the, all the Actons and the Ealings. Oh. It's it's the ones on the DF, DLR, DFL, yeah. what the hell? DLR. DFS, <laughs> They're hard. Yeah, and I was saying, to, oh, I don't want to give too many spoilers if you haven't done no, it yet, but, um, there were lots of, lots of regal stations. Yeah. Yeah, there are. There are. Historical and regal stations. Yeah. Uh, anyway, we're not here to discuss that. We are here to chat about our... It's like, well, it's like we're giving it a review before it's even started. <laughs> I know. We're just here to present to you our chat with Duncan Ward. Yeah. Conductor. And esteemed roller skater. Yes. And listening back to it, I feel like he didn't really want to chat about the roller skating, and <laughs> we really did. <laughs> I felt but, like that. But still... Um, yeah, it was a good chat. We're basically um, here to promote a couple of concerts he's doing with the London Symphony Orchestra yeah. at the Barbican. Uh, have you got the details? I there? have. There's one on the 16th of November with Abel Salace. And then there is one on the 23rd of November with Isabel Faust. Both brilliant programmes. I think 
the first concert is part of the London Jazz Festival. Yeah. Um, and then the second concert has got, well, Le Maire is in it. Le Maire? Le From Fame Academy. <laughs> imagine, imagine if he is. Yeah. Le Maire and Isabel Faust. Great. <laughs> or is it Mark Le Maire? It's, it's all of them. <laughs> Um, I wouldn't put it past him. Mark Lamar's got a very eclectic taste in music. He has. He has. He could be there. Um, that'd be great if he but is. But no, it's Ravel's Lamar. <laughs> yes. Debussy, isn't it? Oh, you know. <laughs> Debussy, Schmarussi. <laughs> it's the same thing. Ravel, Schmarussi. Ravel, Debussy, the same thing. <laughs> uh, who else? Um, Janacek, Taris Bulba. Oh, yes. Yeah, yes. we talk about that, don't we? That's yeah. in that concert, right? Yeah, Anton yeah, yeah. Bartok as well. Oh, God, so much. So much. Bartok Violin Concerto, I believe. I believe you're <laughs> or right. Or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, anyway, Duncan talks about that. Yeah. And uh, we, uh, we talked to him generally about conducting. Mm. Um, he's, he's had quite an amazing, uh, quite, quick, <laughs> quite an amazing career for a relatively young man yeah. in, his, in his 30s, I believe. And he was sort of hand-plucked by uh, a man you might have heard of, uh, Mr. Simon, Sir Simon. Of Rattle. <laughs> of Rattle. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and taken to Berlin. Taken no less. In, in his hand, <laughs> carried in his arms. <laughs> taken to Berlin and, and pl- plumped in front of. Plumps is not a word. But I mean, oh, the cancel train, the cancel the train. No, oh, no. Uh, plucked and plucked. Pl- Plonked. Plonked. Plonked is the word. Yeah. Oh, Verity and I are quite tired. We haven't tired. been drinking, have we? we? Have Neither not. of us. I'm having a coffee. Honestly, We're both having a coffee. It's like, what time is it? Six. It's rush hour on yeah. a Monday Monday yeah. afternoon, evening. What do you call it now? Clocks have gone forward, back. Back. <laughs> So, it's like we're in a different universe. Yeah, I do feel like that. Um, I've been out since quarter past five this morning. I feel insane. And your baby is due any day. Yeah, any day. Um, I've just been nesting uh, like mad, really. Today, I I hoovered the cutlery drawer. There's nothing more mad and, uh, you know evident of um, an impending baby 100% then, then that's, that's it, it isn't that really? is it uh, yeah. so we've stolen this moment to chat <laughs> about about so, Duncan it's about Duncan really yeah, bring it back uh, we went and chatted to him in the Barbican which is yeah. where these gigs are going to be and it was nice. I'd never been up there. There must be like these, it's basically these rooms that are reserved for special people for yeah, interviews so nice. and meetings. And Although there was a really funny picture behind Duncan, and I don't know if it's got into the shot yeah. of any of our sort of promo pictures or, or film footage. Yeah. But, but we didn't notice it till after recording it. I think he was a little concerned by that. Do you remember? What was it? Was it some nakedness? I feel, yeah, like I think it was. Yeah. Full full nakedness. Full frontal. <laughs> yeah. Great. Well, if we can find that, we will show that to you. Yeah. I, I will also say this episode features, I think, my most um, uh, rambly, long-winded and badly worded question I've ever asked. Does it? So, so look out for that and enjoy it. <laughs> well, I'm going to look forward to that. <laughs> I can't remember that one. Um, I, are we going to be back at the end for a chat? A very brief, very, very brief one. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll see you then. Um, and if you're fans of trains, then 
then I'll just leave you with a little bit of train station ambience. Clapham Junction. Oh, one sort of... Oh, lovely trains. And this is Duncan Ward. Welcome to the, the podcast. The bar. The bar, yeah, that's yeah. it. I forgot, that's the line. Uh, there is a bar, there's a fridge full of beers that I discovered, isn't there? And yeah. uh, I ripped open the door. I think I might have broken it. Uh, I'm sure if you want to have a beer from there, you probably can. Yeah. Is 11 o'clock in the morning too early? That's a perennial question. Isn't it? What time think... is it in Germany? Yeah. It's 12. Yeah, that's definitely okay. Fine. You're yeah. fine. You're fine. And you've got a long working day ahead of you because you've already done at least one Zoom interview. You've got more after this. Yeah. It, yeah. yeah. I mean, is it a long day? I'm going to be you? really sick of my own voice. I know. <laughs> it's much better when you're actually conducting because you can just wave your arms and the music comes. You know? <laughs> yeah. but, you know, no one wants to hear you chat anyway. So. No, no, no. Is this that before COVID, was, was the Zoom interview a thing before? It wasn't a thing I'd done before. Yeah. Right. Became a, became a thing. Yeah. Everyone was like, oh, you could just do this and, and yeah. more. I guess that's how we've sort of, <laughs> we've been prolific, <laughs> is that people can't avoid a Zoom interview because like, you, you can always squeeze in an hour somewhere. You don't have to travel <laughs> to the place and you can convince people to do it. Absolutely. So, but anyway, so today you've got a busy day. And thanks for seeing us. Yeah. Pleasure. In person. Yeah. And uh, yes, yeah, so you've got basically, we're, the reason we're here at the Barbican, you've got uh, two gigs coming up um, with uh, Abel Salace. And they both with him? No, one, no, one's with him and one is with... Isabella Faust. Yes. Yes. You can carry on talking because <laughs> you know more about this <laughs> yeah, than me. Yeah. <laughs> Tell us about these projects. Yeah, please. they're two really exciting concerts, huh? And um, yeah. so different. Um, and uh, in a way, that feels really cool that my uh, first chance with the uh, LSO here at the Barbican, I mean, they're an orchestra I've uh, done quite a lot with over the last 14 years. Um, they were actually the first professional orchestra I ever had the chance to conduct uh, in yeah. a masterclass. Uh, when I was 20 and uh, yeah there's been lots of different things since then including streamed concerts uh, during the pandemic but um, th these first live concerts for the London audience here at home in the Barbican uh, are so um, diverse and kind of um, reflecting different aspects of my musical heritage and, and personality yeah. so um, the, this first one with 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 Abel um, is part of London Jazz Festival. Um, I grew up not at all in a family of uh, musicians, classical musicians. I was discovering myself uh, music on one of my little electronic keyboards that one of my elder sisters was yeah. bought as a uh, random Christmas present. And Casio sort of, keyboard, drum beats. Oh, drum beats, oh, the come works. On. Yeah, Did great. DJ, DJ. <laughs> Dictionary. That was an advanced model. Oh, that I discovered right. later at school. <laughs> okay. yeah. Yeah. Um, That's it. Come yeah. on. Come yeah, on. Absolutely. <laughs> All the sounds. But yeah, the drum beats and, you know, yeah. chords in the left hand and 
and then you know. single finger or multi. Oh yeah. well, you know, you have to you have to start somewhere. Yeah, I, d- <laughs> I did the same thing. It was like what you press a C and it played a C major. Exactly. If you press yeah. C and a B, I think it played C minor. Exactly. The the, the two the two finger thing, two you know, f- and yeah, then yeah. you realise that actually you could just play the notes of the chord. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I, but I remember that the. Uh, um, because there are there are graded exams for electronic keyboards, uh, oh. and and once I, you know, my parents were like, maybe you want some lessons for this. We found a uh, a teacher, a certain Mrs. Monday, who came on a Friday, yeah. and and it's very confusing for you. Was very confusing. <laughs> Sometimes I'm, I I miss the lesson. Yeah, um, and I remember I think it was the grade five electronic keyboard exam, and um, you know you know how the associated exams they give you like. 11 minutes that's your time slot you know yes. you, you come yeah. in at 37 and it needs to be and so you do the, the different parts and, and the the examiner said um duncan that was that was really beautiful can you play that piece again i thought well we're not allowed you know there's, there's a time <laughs> slot here but if you say so i'll do it smoke gets in your eyes and uh. um and at the end he was like have you thought about playing the piano and i said well, not really. I mean, the piano's boring. It's only got one noise. <laughs> yeah. It's true, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, you know, you can't choose between trumpet and E-vibes. Yeah. Um, no. And luckily, I realised I was very wrong very quickly. Yeah. Um, and transferred. But <laughs> those... I mean, at that stage, I was, I was into... Um, somehow into uh, jazz and trad jazz and I was doing yeah. a bit of Scott Joplin and, um, and musicals actually yeah. Um, yeah you wrote your own musical didn't you done some digging <laughs> called Alice right called Alice of Alice in Wonderland fame and I uh, gather that's where your conducting journey actually started it, it's true great, um, great. tell I, us about uh, Alice I yeah as a um, geeky 11 year old after my first year at secondary school uh, got to the summer holiday and I decided I, I need to or want to or whatever I'm going to uh, compose a musical and um, uh locked myself away and, and, and did and brought two hours of music in school format to the uh, teacher at school um, in Dartford yeah. uh, in September and wonderful guy who was our head of music um, Simon Hayward a trombone player super uh, enthusiastic super encouraging and he looked at it and he said well actually Duncan looks quite good um, I'm sorry it's start of term I'm super busy got no time to do anything with this but if you want to uh, perform this just get on with it um, and off you go and I thought well if, if you say so and so I took the choir and we started rehearsals and um, put together a orchestra come big band uh, to, to, to yeah, be, be in the pit and uh, auditioned my um, like academic teachers as, as the soloists <laughs> oh, right. um, bold move <laughs> And uh, God knows why anybody came to these rehearsals, but we did. And at the end of the the, the year, I uh, uh, we, we we performed it, and I sort of directed it and whatever. I was I was directing from the keyboard, musical style. Um, one of the cellists kindly told me that uh, um, when you do three in a bar, you should go down and then right. Yeah. Um, but otherwise, I, I made up how to conduct. Uh, I hadn't sat there watching YouTube videos. I hadn't had a teacher. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, that's never looked back since. Well, quite. That's amazing. Yeah, the thing you wrote actually was performable and you you did it. I mean, all, I mean it's hard, hard to put on a musical. It's hard to write a musical. 
Did you just did you follow any rules? Did you just sort of follow your nose? Go, oh, let's have a. I followed my nose, and to be honest, the the songs got better as I was writing them. Um, yeah. The harmonies were more um, ambitious. The orchestrations were definitely better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and to be honest, I learned so much doing it that come like a week away from the the gig. Mm. Frankly, I was thinking let's cancel it you know because i mean <laughs> what i could write now would be so much better yeah and and luckily i mean my p- parents and, and and this teacher for instance were like no see it through it's mm. great people are enjoying it you know um you will learn even more from the process of taking it to that final moment of performance yeah uh which was true definitely would i be proud of it now no but uh you know is there a recording uh, of it sadly not you oh. know, it, it was pre the day when Everybody filmed everything on their phones. Yeah. I think it was recorded on mini disc, but the mini disc disappeared in a schooly type way. Yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah, I, I think sadly not, and sadly yes. But you know what I mean? It's uh, yeah. It's, that's amazing. But also, that's really interesting what you just said about um, it was a teacher and your parents that really, you know, saw that and encouraged you through. And I guess that is genuinely the start of your journey, having meeting these people. Because like, uh, rather like me, you, you, it wasn't that your family were musicians or that you were coming from sort of a knowledge of how the industry works or what you want to do. So would you see, say that, you know, the kind of that teacher and saw you through and started you off, pushed you in the right direction? Absolutely. I mean, there's no way I would be doing what I do today if if he hadn't seen something in me and, and encouraged me. I, mean, yeah. I used to go and just chat to him at the end of the school day, you know, and he would say, oh, do, do, do you know about Haydn, you know? Yeah. Oh, who's that, you know? And, um, you know, would say, well, maybe listen to this or, um, you know, send me home with the, the, the vinyl records that there was too many of and uh, I would go and listen. And he also was responsible for saying um, I should play a proper orchestral instrument um, and encouraged me to play the French horn because um, there weren't enough people doing it. Um, yeah. And this too, I think, wow, you know, the, what I learned playing in chamber ensembles then, mm. what I learned playing in an orchestra um, and having that fantastic seat at the back where you sort of can eyeball everything that's going on and particularly the man or woman waving the stick um, and what they're doing and does it help or hinder and um, you know also also this thing of 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 learning to breathe Um, so many opera singers I've now worked with um, or frankly wind players too have said god it's so easy to 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 sing with you or play with you because you breathe Mm. yeah Um, and uh, yeah yeah, that's so great. You've, you've had that perspective from both sides of the orchestra, the back and the front. And yeah, breathing's so important. I mean, and, and uh, do you breathe? You're a cellist. Mm. Uh, do, you, do you breathe? I do breathe, yeah. Yeah, but you breathe <laughs> no, in time. No, it, uh, no definitely. <laughs> I know you breathe. I've seen you breathe. Good question. <laughs> no, absolutely. It's so important. And, and as an orchestra, and I think mm. that's a, you know, we've, we've spoken to orchestral players who've, who've talked about that very thing and how different orchestras breathe in different mm. ways. And I guess that's something you must find. And is it something that's quite hard to adapt to or, you know, the way that different orchestras feel things as you go in there on your first rehearsal? Would you say that that first rehearsal, you're kind of gauging and sussing out how different orchestras sort of work together I guess they play in a slightly different place maybe and breathe differently yeah you have to um suss out 
very quickly uh, <clears throat> how this new organism is, is 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 working, and it's it's some technical things like that of um, where do they play in relation to your beat? How reactive are they to your gestures, or do they wait a bit to s suss out what you seem to want to do with the piece? Um, what what their natural tendencies in relation to that music are, you know, if we, I was just doing um, uh, Beethoven in, in Dresden, for instance, you know, what's their default way of playing it there, you know, mm. and, and therefore what's your approach going to be. But it's also um, about energy in the room yes. and individuals and personalities and, um, what this group of people is like, because ultimately I have got to get something out of a group of people, um, yeah. each with their own story, each with their own opinions, each with their own, you know, uh, sleepless night or, or, or stomach problem um, or detest for uh, playing Bruckner again. Yeah. Um, and uh, to... to, to, to always be assessing how to shape the rehearsal and how to shape what you're doing and the way you interact with these people in terms yeah. of uh, getting the best out of them is, is such a huge part of what I have to do. Yeah. I guess there's an element of asserting your authority on, on them or, or, or you, you have to sort of lead. I mean, do you, is it a case of just punching the biggest person in the room <laughs> or is there more to it than that? <laughs> Punching's a bit topical at the moment. Um, <laughs> I believe that authority um, comes from from respect, mm. and we respect the people most that respect us. And um, what you say about being both sides of the the, the stick, as it were, mm. um, I always think what what would make me want to play my best, um, and always bear that in mind. Yeah. Mm. Um, I am extremely ambitious and um, demanding and, you know, full of determination and sort of perfectionism to go. But very rarely would I even raise my voice or anything in a, in, mm. in a rehearsal, you know? Yeah. Um, even if someone is really um, dicking around or, 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 or looking at you very like, what on earth? Or gives you some um, question that's really designed to throw you off ball. Yeah. I think to, to, to deal with that with um, uh, just respect and um, humanness and um, yeah. stay, stay pos positive yeah. and, and encouraging and, you know, determined in an enabling way rather than, the, um, you know, yeah punching or, or, or insisting or dictator way. I mean, I think yeah. that's so finished. Um, yeah. it, it really doesn't need to be so. there anymore. Mm. I think it, it's so easy for, especially if you're at the back of an orchestra, I'm, I'm a trumpet player, so that's that's sort of from my perspective. And it's it's very easy to, if, if the conductor's acting like a, an angry teacher or something, just to act like a, a school child and go back. Yeah. I'm just, oh, I'm just going to mess around at the back. Yeah. I would never do that, obviously, but but I can understand why you know that that can happen very quickly yeah. if you lose respect for someone. Then, yeah. you know, yeah. and they, the, I think, orchestras respect you 
if they um, if they believe that you're you're being musically honest mm. um, to the piece and to yourself <clears throat> yeah. um, and to the situation, you know, if 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 you're trying to get the best out of this piece and doing it in a way that's helping people play, you know, I mean, if 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 your if your beat is clear, if they can see in you what they're supposed to do yeah. and if in the way you worked you're respectful to their a ability and be um time uh you know you're not uh wasting time doing something needlessly that's going to fix itself anyway yeah um mm. but what you're doing is 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 focused and makes a huge difference yeah. um then 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 great you know you yeah, I don't think you gain any more points by um, yeah being rude to people. No, or, no um, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. The, the thing of going into different orchestras and you're saying about when you when you put your your beat down and and so you know if you put that baton down and then is there a different amount of time between when you hit that beat where you want that beat to go and when the actual orchestra play and does that. I mean, from that's how it seems for me. But you're going to lots of different different countries and different cultures. Um, what what kind of difference in in that like that lag between your beat and the orchestra's beat? I, I'm trying to make it phrase it in a way that, no, that listeners can saying. understand because I know listeners like have, have talked about this. Like when yeah. when they see a conductor, they go, well, "What does you know?" For the layperson, they often might say, "What, what does yeah. a conductor actually do?" Yeah. And and obviously you're doing so much stuff, um, and you're you know bring, you're bringing all these people together to to convey the music. But um, yeah, but can you talk about that? That's a really long-winded way of asking this question. I hope you understand what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it's really true that orchestras have different cultures, and yeah. um, uh, there are places in, in Berlin and Vienna wherever where really uh it's, it it depends on the, the 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 type of the music um and uh but i i find in often in 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 slower music whatever you know orchestras of a certain level or a certain culture can really enjoy getting far behind the beat mm. yeah. and it, i find it very liberating now um that i'm more used to it that Actually, that means you can show a great deal that the musicians will then process and and put in place and respond mm. to in the way they give the sound. Um, it can be very dangerous. I mean, occasionally I've had to do like a click track project or something, you know, where really you, you expect it or it's a session thing or whatever, and it's really meant to be on the stick. Mm. Well, um, in very real terms, if the moment that the the sort of ictus of the beat um, is also when you play. The 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 amount you can influence that uh, is actually a bit diminished. You know, mm. yeah. in some fast, very metric, very rhythmic, very complicated music, it's very important that those things are close together. But um, uh, in an ideal scenario, it, it, it can be beautiful to be ahead of time and, and shaping things and guiding things. Yeah. The, the scariest, I should say, is uh, some youth orchestras who haven't yet learnt what we're doing at all. Um, it's, it's when they play before your beat. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then you're really stuffed. <laughs> and I'm, sometimes I'm even have to say, like, really, like... <laughs> 
<laughs> Please I wait really for me. want us to, you know, make this sound good. But if you play before we even start, then we're we're, we're, we're stuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, I remember the first time I ever played in like the school orchestra. It was like you know a bit more advanced, and and the conductor was just ahead of everyone. I just could not understand because I'd, I'd only played in wind band before, brass bands and things. And to see that, it's like wow. But you get you get used to it, and then yeah, of course you get to. I'm thinking of something slow, like I don't know, like the last movement of Marla Nine or something, where it's just you're kind of painting with your yeah. hands, and it's yeah. and it, it completely makes sense for that. Yeah. And, and it's not just a robotic. When I get to the bottom, that's that's, that's the where beat. It starts, yeah. There's there's yeah. different ways you can reach the bottom, and and there's there's so much you can do with your hand. I mean, are you always using a baton? Do you use your hands alone sometimes, or? Yeah, some and some depending on on, on repertoire and what, right. what feels right. Um, but yeah, I think that's that's exactly the point. Is that there's there's so much more that it's about, mm. and actually, even at youth orchestra stage, building the skills of the orchestra um, that is essentially listening to each other, mm. and um, uh, the 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 mechanics of of just playing together in time is 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 sort of step one. Yeah. But it's a crucial step, and it should come from uh, listening and leading and all sorts of things aside from what a conductor is actually doing. And um, the way in which we're, especially once it gets to a concert, for instance, um, like you say, kind of painting, you know, yeah. um, shaping the, the sound of the, the music and the journey of a long piece, um, leading it in, in, in a way that's going to be very effective for that particular composer and hopefully very engaging for that audience is mm. is, is 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 more what it's kind of about yeah. um and uh yeah that's it's it's a strange concept to 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 think about you know yeah. it's a perennial question what does a conductor do yes <laughs> it must be hard for you to be like it's my job but no one <laughs> not knows what i'm doing just accept it <laughs> but then of course there's another layer to add on top of that especially looking at your concerts coming up ahead then having a soloist and in this particular instance a soloist who's also going to be playing the concerto and has written it um that that must be quite an interesting scenario um how much do you feel like that's that becomes a collaboration with that artist uh, or how much you kind of respectfully back off and let them put their marker on i think it totally depends um uh who it is yeah and so in, with abel with in abel's case it's it's um very much uh collaboration especially that i mean he's such a musical dynamo i mean yeah. it's just like exudes from every pore and mm. i think audiences you're just entranced by that personality and uh his voice and the voice of his cello and his sort of presence in the space that you know makes you want to sing along and cry and laugh and, and whatever you know it's sort of that magnetic um and I think it's very special in the sort of classical concert space and the orchestra space because he's bringing this whole uh, South African culture and heritage and um, and and roots and uh, everybody's doing something slightly out of what they're used to doing uh, musically, um, but he's he's also not a, a composer that we might think of in the sort of 
contemporary Western classical yeah. circumstance in that is you know, meticulously set all, out all this stuff to do. It's actually a very organic process I've found in the experiences I've had with his piece so far this summer. Um, the, the orchestra in the Netherlands, the chief conductor of the co-commissioners for this piece, so it's something I'm quite invested in. And during the, the rehearsal process, he's been kind of tearing up the music, you know. Mm. Oh, no, but please, guys, can we try this, you know? But with the boat, yeah, dig in, you know. Uh, okay, I know it's not written here, but can you do this, you know? Da, yeah. da, 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 da. And so actually that's very real-life uh, yeah. collaboration and uh, he's there as soloist there's also a fantastic percussionist there on a sort of African drum kit um, uh, at the front as well uh, fabulous player with experience of um, percussion instruments from literally all over the world and really gone deep into all those Indian ways of playing African ways of playing Latin American ways of playing um, but isn't um, you know, is isn't brought up in the in the notated school at all. So there, my role is very much uh, also translator between these cultures. Mm, you know, yeah. he will say, "Ah, oh, can we go from the the, the five against the seven? <clears throat> oh yeah, I have to know. <laughs> you know, it, it's not yes. you know bar one hundred and thirty seven. No, um, and <laughs> what he's asking for is not necessarily this or that. I have to uh, really bring these worlds together. Wow. Yeah, and how. How, when you did it with your orchestra, uh, how did they respond? To, how did the members respond to that way of, of rehearsing where they're asked to maybe do some slightly different uh, uh, techniques and, and adapting on the fly? They loved it. I mean, they yeah. just fell in love with these musicians uh, within seconds and uh, were super open um, to, to, to working like that. Um, and... And, and and to singing, I mean, he really makes them sing. Oh, right. And, uh, and you know, you, you know that certain orchestral musicians <laughs> might be a bit shy. Yes. Uh, I'm not so proud of their tones. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Um, but, he, but he says, like, it, it's not that you need to be Pavarotti. It's that through you committing to, to, to singing uh, gives the person next to you the space to also have a go. Mm. And uh, if we all you know, really go for it. Actually, it makes everyone else feel good about yeah. going for it, whether you've got a, you feel you've got a good voice or not. And that then gives the audience the permission too to want to join in with this community action of, of making music together. Yeah. And, and that's a beautiful thing, you mm. know. And I think that's also something that <clears throat> I will think about too in, in especially uh, youth orchestra scenario of playing you know um, yeah. whether you feel you've totally mastered it or not you know if, if, if you really uh, commit to that sound um, you're, you're, you're enabling all the people around you to, to come with it too um, and, and what we do is a beautiful communal thing ultimately totally I think that, that you know high level of youth orchestra that sort of age like 16 17 18 you you you're kind of you're sort of still learning your sound you're learning what you can do and maybe looking around again what what can others do and maybe I'm not as good or and and so there there can be some hesitancy I think to, mm. to playing and like not not fully committing to a sound yeah. and so anything like that to just get people to open up and and 
just don't know, channel that music through you is amazing. That, yeah. that, I think that would really be helpful. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. I'd say that's like, it can be quite a dangerous time actually going to conservatoire time where you start going really look within yourself yeah. and get really obsessive. But actually, like you're saying, it's just become something so much more all-encompassing and yeah. inclusive, doesn't and it? And I think um, styles of teaching and styles of conducting c- can be hugely influential or detrimental to that. Um, you know, uh, it's it's a highly skilled and focused art form that we do. And you have to be um, meticulous in refining it. But if you're always told, well, that's a bit wrong, that's a bit wrong, that's a bit wrong, do this a bit mm. differently, you know, da 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 da, da. Uh, It can be strangling, actually, yeah. you know. Um, and as you say, you can sort of retreat, oh, I'm not quite doing this right. Mm. You know? yeah. And suddenly nothing's really working anymore. Um, and having people in that mix that is um, encouraging and, and, and nurturing in a really sort of wholesome way, yeah. I think is really Totally. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Um, so I'm really intrigued about how, how you sort of got further down the line with your conducting journey, because I guess it's quite an unusual for a youngster, somebody 12, 13, 14, will you say that's the sort of time that you were really, you realised this was the path you wanted to go down with it, especially not necessarily having much of a foundation or knowledge of, of what that kind of really meant in terms of career. How did, where would you say the sort of seminal moments were for you to? Yeah, I would say I knew absolutely nothing about what that would mean. <laughs> and I would say, um, I don't I'm, I'm certain at that age, I didn't think I, I want to be a conductor. I probably didn't even know it existed as okay. a profession. Um, but I knew music was what I wanted to be doing and um, all aspects of uh, performing and being on stage and creating new music and being part of that whole world. Um, and for me, it wa- really was a whole world because I'd also... Uh, I mean, at that stage, I was still doing... Uh, artistic roller skating very seriously uh, sort of European championship levels and um, um, this is amazing let's stop you right there come on artistic roller skating yeah, to European level like figure level. skating on ice but uh, uh, on on wooden rinks on, on roller skates wow. it, was, it was a big part of me too and it was it was about I, I was in, interested in, in in movement and choreography yes. and I, I was sort of 
um, enchanted by theatres and musicals, also because of the set design. and the, Starlight Express? Uh, lots of people said, when are you going to be on it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's coming back, apparently. Is it? There we oh, go. Maybe you already know. Uh, yeah, Starlight. It's coming. I don't think the MD has ever um, actually roller skated around, so maybe you could, you oh, could be the musical director. Go. I found my calling at last. <laughs> so pleased. Um, <laughs> we can help with this. <laughs> uh, I was always frustrated with Starlight Express. I did see it once because they're... Of course, they have wonderful singers and whatever, but they chose um, musical theatre singers and then they learnt in, like, a few weeks to be roller skaters. And yeah. I always thought, you know, but you can't really skate, you know? That's rubbish, you know? <laughs> if you got some real skaters, this musical would be spectacular. Yes. You know? I didn't ever really meet any roller skaters that could sing, but maybe they were just missing their trade. Um, anyway, we were talking about... Sorry. Conducting. Sorry. And, um, yeah, that's you want to talk about. What I meant was uh, that... Um, I, I sort of just continued with all these uh, strands and was very uh, open and curious about uh, um, different ways of making music. And, and so it wasn't that I became very obsessive with waving my stick in front of a mirror. It was, it was lots of musical things. Um, and um, I did have some, 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 some lessons uh, at Junior Trinity, for instance, yeah. in, in Greenwich. Um, and a, a bit more guidance about what it would be. Really, the um, the, the chance came in, in Manchester when I was at um, university there, and uh, there was an audition at the end of the first year for um, some students to take over the um, like University Symphony Orchestra, and uh, two of us were, were chosen, and we could program quite ambitious things, and we had these concert dates and these rehearsal processes, and, it was fantastic. I mean, the level of the musicians there was, was really quite good. I remember doing Shostakovich first symphony or something. Mm. And um, one of the conducting professors from the uh, Royal Northern uh, saw that and was like, OK, so you're, you're composing, you're playing the piano, you're doing all this stuff, but have you thought about conducting professionally? And I said, well, not really, but you, you think this should... Yeah, he said, well, why don't you apply to some of the um, like professional masterclasses there are um, and well, I just research it a bit, you know, and I did, and I found there was this, all these opportunities of, of which the, the, the LSO one was one, and I sent off these videotapes and the CV and whatever, and lo and behold, uh, they all came back with yes, and suddenly I had this crazy summer, age 20, where I first came and did a uh, mass class with the LSO, and I went off and studied with Boulez in Lucerne, and I wow. went to Chicago Symphony, and I went, wow. and um, all of these, I mean, of course, compared to having conducting the school musical or the university orchestra, the level of this playing and the level of the response to the minutest gesture and the sort of dream a sound and it comes world um, was amazing. Mm. And... Um, all of those opportunities led to something else uh, quite small, usually. But um, I was invited to do a, uh, a little concert with the um, LSO Strings at St. Luke's with an Indian violinist. Um, great fun. Um, in Chicago, I got invited to a, um, a contemporary music ensemble uh, called ICE in, in New York the following summer to, to do these programs and 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 step by step um, engagement started happening and uh, an agent was interested um, and I suppose 
big moment was um, Simon Rattle hearing about what I was up to and um, inviting me to Berlin first to watch some rehearsals and then assist on a project and then um, saying very matter of fact one day uh, I know you're terribly busy already and maybe you're not very interested but um, if I were to create a position for you here at the Berlin Philharmonic to come and <laughs> assist me and do some projects for a couple of years uh, just you check know, my diary yeah. <laughs> yeah. have a so look like, oh, wow. oh, tricky yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. That's incredible. It was was fantastic, and to 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 be at this sort of mecca of music making um, at that level, but with someone who was so open and down to earth, and and very encouraging, and very um, who, who was sort of equally intrigued to hear my opinions about you know what mm. what they were up to. Uh, as as vice versa, you know, was was very inspiring. Yeah. 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 So you spent a lot of time with him, and he, did he hand down a lot, not a lot of knowledge to you? Yeah, I mean, um, in 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 subtle ways, you know, mm. through conversations about the repertoire that they were doing or that I was preparing for him. Sometimes there were um, contemporary pieces or opera projects or something where I would do a lot of the rehearsals uh, first, and he would jump in after. Um, but also in, in, in watching the way he was, was, was working and um, sort of being part of that process was, 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 was very giving. And, and to this day, um, it's not that we're often in touch, but uh, if I'm doing a piece uh, for the very first time that I have a, you know, I know that he does it very well. Um, yeah. You know, I, I, I sometimes even on the on the way to the first rehearsal, I would uh, send a quick text, and you know, usually a, a response would come firing back with a Aww. little nugget or a little word of encouragement. Or that's fantastic. Um, yeah, talk to the talk to the strings about um, uh, chocolate here or something. You know, okay. I mean, it's, you know. It's, I'm so sorry. Are you okay? Would you like some of this beer? Oh yeah, it's, an, it's a really unsubtle angle. Please, just go. I think maybe something flew into my mouth. Sorry, ignore me. Um, just water. I might grab some in a second. I'm okay. Um, but you've made. I mean, you've made Germany your home now, haven't you? And um, music making in Germany, and from an early level upwards, it's it's truly astonishing, isn't it? At, at conservatoire level, and then their orchestras. Um, what do you think? That, do you think there's a fundamental difference in their system out there that means that you're they're feeding through into these great? Or, I mean, they've got so many orchestras, haven't they, out there? What do you think it is? I think there's a <laughs> fundamental difference in the um, state support and the state yeah. um, recognition <clears throat> that the arts and classical music included in that is is important, um, mm -hmm. important for society, and there, there's sort of no question of the funding like like there yeah. is here. and I mean I remember first being in Berlin age I don't know 21 or whatever and thinking wow on the tube there's all these adverts for concerts and and, and opera like um and you know you could bump into someone in the street who probably would know exactly what's on to you know yeah. that it was important yeah um and uh, you know everywhere you would bump into these kindergartens or whatever and you'd, you'd hear like singing or 
or some piano playing or something and you think yeah okay music's really here and then as the career started of course I wasn't immediately going to the best orchestras in the world and going to some really quite small towns um, and there's a professional orchestra and there's a professional opera house and they're mm. performing most nights a week and you think <clears throat> wow okay this is kind of everywhere um, uh, I, I live now in in Cologne I chose it because it's um, uh, very well transport linked through through Europe where a lot of my work was and I could start to travel on the train more than plane um, but I live very close to the, the, the concert hall and I mean every Sunday there's like three concerts in the day and most of them are packed and it's all a huge range of music um, but it's it's really thriving and I think sure there's a, a long history of um, famous German composers and all the rest of it, you know, it's clearly been in place for a long time. It's not a modern phenomenon. But that to this day, there's this, uh, yeah, finances behind it. Mm. And that the major companies and whatever want to be associated with yeah. the Berlin Philharmonic or, or whoever it is that they're sponsoring. And there's this pride of, um, okay, we're, I mean, in Munich, you know, there's this sort of, territories of uh, who, which, which world-class orchestra in our city are we most proud of. Um, it's like you, football, isn't it? It is, it yeah, really yeah, is. Yeah. And I mean, there's so much to be proud of in London too. I mean, if you yeah. look at the level of the, the orchestras, the different institutions, everything that's going on, mm. it's phenomenal. But what's even more phenomenal is how it survives on such little funding. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and just how hard everybody in that organism has to work to to make it tick and and that includes the musicians who you know rock up on less rehearsal time and less sleep and having taught and played in the show yeah. in the session as well yes to deliver a stunking performance yeah because yeah. actually I was that must be a massive thing like the rehearsal process because Am I right in thinking, I don't know, in the Netherlands, how does it work in terms of... It's somewhere in between the two it? cultures. So, right. I mean, but typically I would have three days of rehearsal, probably three days in a, ge a general. And then every uh, every week that I have with the South Netherlands Philharmonic um, is, is not just all that work for one concert. It's then a mini tour. It's usually three or four concerts. Oh. So you really get... <sighs> to go deep inside the music it means you can be super ambitious with what you program yeah. um, and what you want to bring to people and um, then to I mean every musician likes a, a tour to, to you know feel okay we already did this last night and we can go a step deeper tonight or maybe it'll be different because of a different acoustic mm. or maybe a different energy from the audience or whatever it is you know and if you come to London to rehearse something, how, how long would you, would you usually get? It depends on the orchestra. I mean, um, with the LSO, this, in November we will have uh, two dates. So it's actually not, not it's, it's pretty good. Um, uh, <laughs> you know, famously the, the Royal Philharmonic uh, often do gigs on, on, on one rehearsal. I mean, just the general. Yeah. Um, yeah. And maybe you won't have played all the notes in tonight's concert by the time you get to the end of that rehearsal and then yeah. you're wrong. Um, <laughs> oh. I mean, I, I, that definitely happens for, say, it's like a big 
three hour thing of John Williams music or something and it's all a mix of stuff but but what I think it's crazy when it's like actually you're doing a a Mahler symphony or something and you can't even get through all the notes because you've got three hours to rehearse it and <laughs> and you got rehearsed you know, the overture and the concerto and <laughs> also frankly for yeah for I, th I feel for the um uh contemporary composers too because mm. um you know you should you, you should have no restrictions on your dream i think and some practical things yes but of course uk musicians are incredibly fast readers it's famous and uh you know that's great but not to have the time to to really dig in and um perfect the subtleties of something um it's it's a shame you know yeah. because um for the audience to really get the most out of their vision you also have to play it well you know mm. we if 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 you'd only ever heard a really bad performance of Beethoven five, um, you wouldn't love it. No, <laughs> it's true. Yeah, you know. So why, you know, I, I, I yeah, I, I wish there was um, a, a chance for, you know, somewhere in the middle at least, yeah. a little more support that that everybody could have just a bit more rehearsal time. Um, Absolutely. Take the stress <laughs> out of it. Yeah. Take the you know and and probably deliver something even more spellbinding for for an audience. Mm. Yeah. 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 Mm. Um, let's talk about the other concert yeah. that you're doing. Yes. Um, I know we've got to finish. You've got another Zoom interview soon. So uh, <laughs> yeah, talk about that one. Uh, that's more. Um, that is it. La Mer, you're doing that. Yeah. that we're doing La Mer and we're Chanson doing Tara uh, Bulba. Oh yeah. Yes. Oh wow. Both in one evening, and and I mean, again, that's compared to the other concerts, it's more traditional, but it's also far from a traditional classical concert. I mean, the sort of yeah, overture concerto uh, symphony model, I find a bit outdated, and when I can, I'd like to shake it up. So mm. to have two substantial masterpieces that are usually the second half blockbuster um, in the program uh, from two musical worlds, I adore. Uh, French and, and, and the Eastern European thing. Um, but it also gives the, the soloist, Isabel Faust, um, a chance to do two concertos in one night, both of which are total masterpieces, but of a length that they normally wouldn't be programmed because they don't last half an hour or 40 minutes. Yeah. Um, so we do... Uh, she opens with Bartok's first violin concerto, and then we have the, the Tadas Bulba, and then she'll be back in the French half after the break to do Chanson Poème and, mm. uh, and and La Mer. So it's yeah, it's it feels to me a very um, powerful program, very rich yeah. uh, sound worlds um, of a similar period of time at the beginning of the 20th century but but worlds apart yeah. mm. i don't know taras bolba is, it, is that right is it by, yeah. did you say it's Janacek? Janacek, yeah. i don't yeah. think i've ever heard it what, what give us a little bit of a a potted summary yeah. <laughs> sing a bit, you know, bit. Yeah, sing it sing a bit <laughs> whole thing da, 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 yeah that's the trumpet fanfare at the end yeah. and <laughs> i fell in love with it in the nyo oh. um, and uh at that moment in the nyo they asked me 
was for a prom, uh, would I would I play the organ part? And I didn't really oh. play the organ part. I said, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll have a go. You know, what, what is it? You have to do your feet <gasps> a bit Cassio as well. On the Casio keyboard. And, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, actually, it's a, it's, it's a story because we... Um, you, you know, you only get your little sound check in the in the um, Albert Hall before the prom, and the um, they hadn't finished doing the lighting rig or something to fit the 150 musicians on stage. So I wasn't allowed to try the organ before we did it in the uh, the the general. So Colin Davis was there, and off we went. And there's a moment when the organ comes crashing in in the finale, very victorious moment, and I'd I'd sort of pulled out enough stops that it looked about halfway, you know? <laughs> and I came in, and actually where you are at the organ, you, it doesn't sound that loud, you know, because the, the pipes are up there. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the organ <laughs> just stopped playing and fell out laughing. I mean, it was <laughs> deafening. It was, like, <laughs> just brilliant. And the BBC technicians came running, like, you know, uh, 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 so Colin, we've got a problem, you know. In no, the this is in the, in the soundtrack. Oh, in the soundtrack. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's too loud. And it, it, it was in a very playful mood, and he said to the orchestra, is the organ too loud? <laughs> and they went, no! And he said, that's exactly as it should be, you know? Yeah. And so they were all coming with bets, you know, oh, go on, turn it up, turn it up. <laughs> um, but it's this incredible, uh, uh, it's, it's, it is a rhapsody, um, very gruesome tale of a, a Cossack warrior um, fighting the, the the Polish army and uh, army army yeah. <laughs> and um, lots of harmony, but uh, only one army. And uh, his um, his son falls in love with a um, Polish girl on the opposite side, and um, uh, that doesn't go down very well. So he ends up killing his own son in battle in the first wow. movement. And then his other brother, who's also fighting the thing, is is a bit upset about this and um, uh, ends up being captured himself and uh, executed by the Poles. And there's a sort of Polish mazurka as the frenzy as they they get him. And uh, in the end, Taras Bulba, who's the Cossack warrior himself, gets gets captured and burnt alive. Um, okay. And this magnificent <laughs> trumpet and um, organ moment comes at the end with incredible uh, harmony um, with his sort of prophecy for the future. But it's a thrilling piece and it's so romantic and so um, like gruesome, the sort of battle music um, yeah. and so vibrant and strong, the colours. Um, it's, it's fantastic. It's very hard to play. Um, all the orchestras I've done it with so far, it's really, oh, God, wow, awkward, you know? Yeah. But so worth it to work on. And I think, yeah, thrilling ultimately for the orchestras to play and audiences yeah. to hear. Um, yeah, wow. So I Great. can't yeah. wait to do it with the LSO. Yeah. I was going to say, really, if you weren't going to come already, good. yeah, they're quite good, aren't yeah. they? But they're yeah. all right. Yeah, they they try, don't they? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah but if you weren't going to come already, listener, I think that's sold it, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Fantastic. So what are the dates? Is it, they're both in November? Both right? in November. It's two Thursdays. It's uh, yeah. 16th for the London Jazz Festival with Abel Salatri oh, yeah. and uh, 23rd of November with Isabel Faust. Brilliant. Well, we'll get, we'll get this episode out before then. Yeah. <laughs> that would be helpful. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Are you basically doing our admin now for yeah, us? Yeah, Great. Yeah, Lovely. Yeah. Let's schedule that. Um, well, thank you so much. Thank pleasure. you. Pleasure. Yeah. Great to chat. Yeah. So you lovely too. to chat to you. Yeah, Good luck with those concerts. Thank you. Well, thanks. <laughs> Be quiet, for goodness sakes. For goodness sakes. 
Well, we'll try again. Thanks, Duncan, for that. Um, Verity just nodding at me. <laughs> no, no, Come on, I, you can do no, it, the Seb. The thing is, I feel like you've got more words than me. I'm just twitching. <laughs> um, you can. No, it was great. Lovely chat, Duncan. Yeah. Um, he was really nice and really interesting and, you know, quite... Um, what's the word? He's Articulate, <laughs> erudite, erudite, knowledgeable. Yes, he is knowledgeable, but also... Um, Oh, God. He kept a steady hand on the tiller. I think he, he led the conversation quite Thank well. Thank goodness. He led it back whenever we tried to no, lead we, him actually, off. Actually, we, we, we did all right, I think, in this one. Yeah. Better than we are now. Oh, so much better than we are now. Yeah. But we, I did really want to know a lot more about his musical that he wrote. Yeah. And, and also about his artistic roller skating. And also the fact that he liked to conduct a musical at some stage. Yeah. He should do that, shouldn't he? You should do that. I, you don't really see conductors that do symphony orchestras and that mm. get, becoming musical directors of musicals. How do you think he'd find it? Do you think he'd be... Do you know that whole thing about where you put the beat? Do you think yeah. he'd find it really confusing when people just that, went with that, him? That was the long-winded question. Oh, that was it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it might be alarming for him that we'd all play when he put his downbeat down. Do yeah. Think? We, I'm, I'm sure he'd adjust. I'm sure he would. He's a clever man. Um, yeah, uh, it'd probably be nice for him, wouldn't it? And then yeah. he could focus on doing all the, the vocal warm-ups for the cast. And, um, yeah. And what else do they do? Musical directors. <laughs> lots. Lots of stuff. So they're doing a lot. Yeah, they're doing an awful lot. They're rehearsing thing. swings. Yeah. Maybe the assistant does that. They're like an intermediary in many ways as well between got, cast, got, director, yeah, producers, orchestra, producers, composers. Wow. Got a lot. Conductors as well. Hell of a lot. I think yeah. if you're if you're like a principal conductor or you know high up on their roster, if you, and you're in the orchestra, I think you're going to a hell of a lot of drinks and dinners and schmoozing and oh, fundraisers. Yeah. Patrons, um, all those kind of just trying to get money for the orchestra, yeah. trying to trying to lure over artists. Yeah, you must have to be permanently perky. Yeah, I'd say. But I feel like Duncan's the kind of guy who could be. Yeah. I mean, he was very perky with us, considering he had a number of interviews. To do. Yeah. Um, I'm glad we got to do it face to face. Yeah, it's better. It's isn't it? I think face to face is good. I prefer them. It's easier, isn't it? We, we did pay for a year's subscription of that really expensive oh my God. website by we accident. We both did, by yeah. accident. Yeah, We forgot terrible. to cancel it. So we probably should do some yeah. online ones. Well, let's try and get some... Um, oh, for goodness sake. This is sake. so loud. This is, it wasn't this bad when we sat down, no, was it? it? No, yeah. they, used to do, um, they used to do shows here, didn't they? Did they? Yeah, um, the Railway Children. In the archers here? Yeah. 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 We're, we're at Platform 19 of the um, of Waterloo. Basically, it's where Verity was like, this is where the Eurostar was, <laughs> which I think they moved out in about 2002. About 1876, yeah. One of the Bourne films was set here, wasn't it? Yes, it was. Yeah. Supremacy? I don't know. I'm plucking names out of my arse, to be honest. Yes. <laughs> um, anyway, I think I feel like we're rambling now. Yeah. Should we leave them? Well, I mean, you're off to your show, I'm off to my show. It's the yeah. same old story. Yeah, we're recording this on the 30th of October. It's Halloween tomorrow. Mm. I've got a baby due tomorrow. 
Yeah. So who knows? Who knows what the, what the future holds? <laughs> I tell you what, if Charlotte goes into labour when, when trick-or-treating's happening, she could really scare the bejesus out of some small children. Yes. That would be great. We could chuck some blood clots at them. <laughs> Contractions on the doorstep. Nice. Sorry, yours is nice, much nicer. <laughs> yeah, that was horrible, horrible imagery. I've just, I've just finished listening to This Is Going To Hurt. Oh, God, there we are. That's what it is. Which is probably misguided the, the week or the two weeks yeah. before oh my, my wife gives birth. God. But I think knowledge is power, actually. Well, true. Yeah. Very much. Um, I should watch that and, or read it or something. Yeah. I love the TV show. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, I watched the TV show first. Ben Whishaw. Yeah. Excellent, isn't he? He's great. Um, um, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. Um, if any listeners has any name suggestions for the baby, <laughs> send them in. Oh, please do. <laughs> please send them in, regardless. <laughs> if we're, how sensible you think they are. <laughs> and Seb promises that they will name it the seventh name we receive. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Great, great, Definitely. Great. <laughs> right. Um, Shall uh, we be on? So should we record this now? Should we, do, should we go for it? Oh yeah. <laughs> this is a that's a good practice run. Yeah, it's great. We probably should, to be fair, actually. Uh, right, no, that's yeah. it. That's that's your episode. That is it. We'll um, be back. Let's be sketchy about when, because you know, yeah. impending babies and all. But there are other episodes in the can. Yeah, there are. Yeah. Yeah. So we might get one out again soon. Yeah. Uh, we'll keep you updated. Mm-hmm. All right. Have a lovely time, everyone. <laughs> Support the national train network and uh, <laughs> and the LSO and the LSO. <laughs> And all those wonderful asks. <laughs> right, uh, take care. Bye. Bye.